Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today, today's guest, Mandy. One half horrible decisions. Um, we've had Weezy for horrible decisions on here, and the conversation got pretty spicy with her. Uh, now we have Mandy, and it promises to be even more spicy. It was more spicy. Um, horrible Decisions is a fantastic podcast uh, that deals with sex. Um, it deals with all things related to sex, people's kinks, people's hangups, uh, people being sexually liberated, um, and the issues that women go through in terms of accessing their sexual liberation, talking about and dealing with asserting their sexual power. I think it's a, a fantastic podcast. I'm glad to have completed the circle of podcasts. I got everybody from Horrible Decisions on there. There's one more circle I got to complete, the Joe Budden podcast. We got to get Rory on the show. We've had Joe. We've had Mal. Uh, we got to get uh, Rory on the podcast. Well, Parks as well. The whole Joe Budden family. Got to get him here. Uh, Andrew Schultz as well. Got to close these podcast circles. Get all of these guys on here. These are my dudes. Um, as far as Mandy's concerned, we talked about a lot. We talked about uh, things dealing with sex in terms of your body image. We talked about their infamous fuck me, feed me, finance me <laughs> uh, sort of rant that went viral. Should men have to finance the women that they are dating? Mandy says yes, and she gives a fantastic reason Um at least to me and to her, as to why that is the case. You can listen to yourself. I already I hear the trigger dudes already. You can listen to yourself for yourself and figure out whether or not you agree with her or not. Um, but she's well thought out on it. Uh, and she gives what I thought to be a pretty damn good answer. Um, that is in a second. Uh, first off, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We are all trying to do a better job of talking about and uh, dealing with our mental health issues, putting them to the forefront to make sure that we're not uh, bringing in more hurt, we're not hiding our hurt, and we're not putting Band-Aids over deep, deep wounds. It's a tough thing to do, but I feel like as a culture and as a community, we're having more conversations about mental health. I'm currently off of my medication. I stopped taking my Lexapro a little while ago. Uh, and whereas my brain is not as fuzzy, there are a lot of things that are different, I must say. You know, you show me a picture of a mother giraffe running in the Serengeti with a baby giraffe, I'll fucking cry. That's going to happen. Like, it's just different. Like, things are different. Because of that, there's something I would like to talk about. Um, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, it was the one-year anniversary of the happening with one Mr. Kanye West. I think that was on May 2nd or May 1st, uh, a year ago that Kanye West walked into the offices uh, at TMZ, and boom, Van's big moment happened. Uh, it occurred to me that that should have never happened. Should have never happened, that moment with me and Kanye, because Kanye West should have never been at TMZ. And Kanye West should have never been at the White House. And so many of the things that were going on with Kanye West should have never happened. And the reason why they should have never happened is because he was openly, openly telling us that he was on and off medication and dealing with severe issues related to his mental health. 
and I don't think that we took him seriously enough. I'm not sure what Kanye's state is right now, and I'm not saying that having a mental health disorder absolves you from having any destructive or problematic political opinions or engaging in behavior that is destructive to a community that you owe better. But what I am saying is I don't understand why he has been given a platform that we've protected so many other people from. I'll tell you what I mean by that. There was a time when all of the media decided to cover Amanda Bynes a different way. There is a time when all of the media decided to cover Britney Spears a different way, when they realized that these people, these individuals, these ladies were working through things that were mentally debilitating. They stopped putting them on front street. They stopped covering their quirks in a way uh, that was seemingly being made fun of them. They stopped exposing them to triggers that could deepen their mental illness. I don't think that Ye or even someone like X, DMX, gets that same treatment from society. And I think sometimes people, including myself, forget about that. I don't think that there is the same protection for those people as there are for other people. And part of it, I think, has to do um, with the sort of latent and unconscious belief uh, that black men in some sort of way, um, black people in some sort of way, don't hurt and feel the same as everybody else does. These are the reasons why you look at a 12 or 13-year-old black child and treat them like they're a 25-year-old person. These are the reasons why you look at um, an 18-year-old black man and call him a demon Hulk Hogan and feel like you have to use your gun to put him down because we're something other than human. And if we're something other than human, then so is our pain. It's not regular pain. It's black people pain. And black people pain is not the same as pain from everybody else. Now, I'm not saying that there's some sort of evil, nefarious scheme out there to treat us differently. I think that these things are deeply ingrained and almost reflex at this point. But still, they're worth talking about. I'd argue, and I'm not in anybody else's community but mine, of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I say it on every podcast. I'll say it on this one, too. I'd argue that the triggers and the trauma that go on to people where I'm from significantly victimize us in terms of mental health on a different level. A combination of things, a combination of the bipolar situations and the PTSD and the anxiety and the depression. I would say that there needs to be extra care, not less care. And I'm wondering why it's not treated the same. Why Wendy Williams isn't treated the same when she's going through something mentally. Why that's a meme uh, instead of outreach and sensitivity. Mm. Um, I fully admit that I was a part of it. I looked at a man that was going through something mentally. He said something that was abhorrent and I felt the need to check him on it. Put in a similar situation, I would do the same thing no matter who it was. The question I'm asking is, 
was that situation appropriate? And the answer is no, it wasn't. Don't know where I stand with that particular artist now. Damage has kind of been done. Kind of not fucking with it anymore. It is what it is. I'm a human being. I can't be perfect. I don't think I'm going out to the desert to listen to music or anything like that. Uh, haven't been invited, but don't think that is my thing. But I will say, in closing, that we have advocates in our community that are talking about and pushing forward a platform of mental health awareness. We have people out there that are writing the books, doing the tours, giving the talks, trying to get us to have these conversations more. That's fantastic. At the base of this, though, is how we treat each other when we see each other in pain and how we demand people to treat us when we see other people in our community in pain. Our women have a tremendous amount of, of, of pain as it relates to their treatment in this country. How are we going to demand that they be treated? We have it. How are we going to demand that we be treated? But more importantly, how are we going to treat each other? Now, everyone that has mental health issues across the board, no matter what ethnicity, no matter what culture, no matter what background you come from, they deserve to be heard, treated, and loved. Everyone. Doesn't matter. We have to lean into these issues and figure out how to help people live happy and productive lives. However, black people are people. We are people, human beings, flesh and blood. Whatever you think we can take because of what we took in the past, get it out of your mind. We want to live happy, productive, empowered, and healthy lives. So take that into consideration the next time you see somebody, quote unquote, flipping out. All right. Mandy from Horrible Decisions coming up. We're going to talk about all things sex involved with her. And listen, man, a shout out to my brothers on the African continent. Uh, this one part of this podcast, you are going to want to pay close attention to Pops and Pills. Let's get into it. I don't get white guys. I don't get white guys. I've never had pink dick in my life. You is that because, th is that their choice or your choice? Both, but also white men approach black women like, I bet you only fuck black guys, huh? <laughs> and it's just like. How do you know that <laughs> if you've never had any no, white guys before? But because white guys have approached me, but they're very. So you first, don't like them. But especially when they, like. <sighs> Spew out all that. So like, you're saying that there's no white guy that's ever come to you in the a insecurity, suave, nah, John B. Nah, ass way. They come at me like, I know you probably only deal with black guys, but here I am. Or it's race play, really bad. What? Get, tell the tell everybody. But first of all, white people clap for Mandy for horrible. Oh wait, things. oh we're starting just like yeah, that? we're starting. Oh. We're like we just get right into it. Right I now. see. I thought we were having nah, an intimate we don't conversation. The, nah, the reality <laughs> is that it's better when we start this way because this is when we get. The real depth of the problematic ass opinions that y'all be having. Calm, calm the fuck so down. So I want to hear the your the, your this this white guy thing. So white dudes don't know how to talk to you. No, I don't think a lot of white men know how to approach black women they in know. real life. No, they they come off either super insecure or they come off like too woke. Right. And I shout mean, for, out to my, shout out to my boy Sam White. 
Oh, yeah. See, and we've had him on <laughs> my like podcast, him. and I don't feel like it's genuine. Shut the I, fuck I, up. I'm sorry. Like, don't like, have me. Like, don't, no, don't, like, don't. We, and we've had him on our show. Weezy like, loves him. Well, like, it, it is, let me tell you something about Sam White. <sighs> it is 100% genuine. Sounds, I mean, sure, he's a kappa. Like, it has to come off real genuine. To me, I don't, I don't feel that genuineness. Like, Rory, genuine white guy. Rory. Uh, they're both genuine, I but shout out to Rory. <laughs> like they're both genuine. Yeah, I like, know. Well, how, what, what, what's what's not genuine about? I don't know. To me, it comes off like two for the for the cause. See, and, but can I ask you a question? <sighs> Somebody like Sam. Yes. And everybody out here knows Sam is my man. Yes, I'm and sure. So, so so somebody like Sam that's actually willing to do the work that we say we want white people to do. Why is it that there's that little shred? of problem that little shred of distrust is what i'm trying to say that we have for someone who's really out there we always say yo man what we really need is white people to use their privilege to combat prejudice now you got a guy that's doing it does he sure he does but i even feel like i mean i guess i don't know and i don't want to talk too too much on what he does in his calls i'm not 100 percent in what he's done for the community and we have had him on the show i just I'm really good at energy when you and had feeling him on the show, people. To me, I, I don't feel the genuineness. Huh. And I I like feeling people as being genuine people. Right. I don't feel that with him. Like, and even not to dig into it, but I watch like I'm actually someone who is saddened by the Rachel Dolezal like incident because after mean? watching her her thing, I truly feel like she feels for the people. Her sons are wait of the second, culture. I know. I know. Wait, 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 wait. So Outside Sam, of her getting, so I know. Sam, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. No, don't do this. So Sam, somebody who it embraces his whiteness, but uses his whiteness <laughs> to actually combat and be on the side of I know. cultural causes. You have a problem with that. Rachel Dolezal, a <laughs> fake ass sister, you have some sort of sympathy for her. What is it? Trans color, trans racial. Ain't no trans nothing. <laughs> it's like, listen, no, I, I, I have no, this is my thing. Okay. Anybody that wants to be a part of, and we had uh, Sam on here and we talked with him and it's just very important that allies speak with you and not for you. Yes. So as, as, yes. as long as long as your allies are with you and not going out and being representative of you because that's something that they can't do. Right. Like I'm, I, I like to think of myself as an ally uh, for uh, for women, but my job is to give women a megaphone or right. a microphone, not to talk on said megaphone or microphone. Right. So that's I think the- it's just also hard as a biracial woman. Like my mom is white, right? And the reason why she, <laughs> I know, the, but the reason why she's so like for like understanding me as not only a biracial woman, but all of her friends, all of my family, black side, mind you, my whole white side disowned us because we're half black. Yeah. And for someone like her, shout she, out to them. That must yeah, be tough for them. No, it sucks. Um, <laughs> they ain't shit. <laughs> Crackers. Um, my mm-hmm. bad. But like, she left home at an early age, and black people were the only ones to take her in. So uh-huh. like, her respect for who they are, and not really, you know, just knowing the difference. I don't know outside of him being a Kappa if he really has that relationship to the black community outside of I step and shimmy. Yeah. And so now because you went to a HBCU and you fucking shimmy, now you he know He did go black. to HBCU. Well, he, he oh yeah, he did go. He did. It was a prominently white went school. Temple, yeah, but yeah. then he pledged his Kappa. Yeah. So, so to me with that, it's just like, okay, you were introduced to the culture at 
at this point of your life. I didn't hear anything about him as to how you know what, we he really put, felt connected. We gotta I would put love Sam it. I would love it. Out. My bad. Yes. We got to put Sam's podcast out. We, like, please. I, I've been oh, holding on to that podcast. Please put it out. We got to put Sam's listen. podcast out. What happened was Sam was having a great podcast and DC Young Fly came in here. And <laughs> oh, just, shit. <laughs> and I can imagine. I can imagine. Right there. <laughs> I can um, imagine. But, you know, Shout, first of all, shout out to Sam White. Keep shimmying. Keep we like keep yeah, working. Go with, ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's Mandy, cute. fuck what Mandy talking about. <laughs> but um, but look, you yes. you're biracial. Oh, here you're we go. One I didn't half know yes. of of horrible decisions. I am. And y'all at horrible decisions are collectively one half black. <laughs> Don't do this. Well, I'm first, just I'm saying. First off, we're a whole black if you combine us. A, a whole black if you combine because us. Because we're but both you're also a whole white if you combine. Well, us. Calm down. I'm just saying. Well, is it is really white? Anything, she's it, she's Israeli. Israeli, so that's but, that's is, Middle Eastern. But Israeli from where? Israel. Okay, but where are those people from? Like, like now, I don't know because that ain't my because, that ain't my culture. What I, like what I would say is this: like there are tons of Israelis True. who aren't aren't based in any who came to Israel after Israel was formed from okay. places in Germany and in Europe and places right. like that. So. Yeah, that that they part white. I don't know. So I'm I'm Jamaican and white. My mom, yeah, white. my mom is from San Diego. My dad is on a green card, like legit moved to the United Jamaica, States. Jamaican, so your mom took all that. So my, she really and then was... my younger sister is half Haitian. Like my mom likes island men. Your mom jumped yeah. around the island. Don't do this. Not jumped around like, the Jesus. island. Jesus, don't do this. She dating anybody right now from Grenada um, or no, Anguilla? No, fuck or, you. Or, He's actually African American. Is he? Yeah. He Who's is. your mom? What's your mom's boyfriend's name right now? Um, <laughs> me and my sisters aren't all for him, so. Yeah, he you doesn't guys get all a got shout different out. Dads? Um, two of us have the same dad. One of us have a different dad. Damn. And grew up in a single parent household. So wow, I have that. so you had a yeah. tough, huh? I mean, I don't like to say that. I mean, I feel like I can relate to a lot of people, and I think that that's what helps, like, with people connecting mm -hmm. with me on my podcast. Like, I did grow up single parent household. I went to all black schools uh -huh. almost my whole life, except for Dr. Phillips. Shout out, Dr. Phillips. Um, but then just seeing my mom work multiple jobs. I've been working since I was 14 years old. Um, and then just, yeah, everything. So Section 8, food stamps, uh -huh. um, Salvation Army for Christmas. Right. I've lived in shelter. I've done all that. So, like, where I am now, I'm just proud, and I'm able to, like, just let people know, like, you know. I feel you. And come up from that. Now, uh, I always wanted to talk. I always like uh, to talk to biracial people. <laughs> Is there any time? I did not know we was going to have this conversation. We're going to go the whole <laughs> gamut of conversation. Okay. Um, as a biracial woman, a biracial person, first of all, where I'm from ain't no such thing as biracial. I'm from Louisiana. Wait, you they black. mulatto. Oh, no, you just black. black. You just black. Okay. You black. And if you don't, they'll they'll remind you that you black. Like, See, the white people will remind, remind me. However, the black people, even though I went to all black schools, mm. would feel like I ain't count all the way. So like what one hundred percent like I was I was light skinned so Where, where'd you grow up again in Orlando Florida really and then I also went to high school briefly in Atlanta Georgia and you you feel like in these places Orlando and Atlanta you have problems accessing your blackness with people who didn't one hundred percent wow and then because I'm also light skinned and there's a huge Latino population uh -huh. so like they would automatically think I was with them I don't speak no goddamn Spanish right um and yeah white people I was black to them mm -hmm. but. To the black people, no, not always. Now, did you you feel like any of these sort of mini schisms in cultural connection in any way affected your worldview today? Like, how did those things make up? One hundred percent. So, coming out of high school, and because I went to all black schools growing up, my elementary, my middle school, my high schools, like literally ninety percent black. Yeah. Um, I did not want to go to an HBCU because right. I felt like I wasn't getting the worldly um, experience. Right. And it wasn't until 
Um, so I didn't go to school to college for six years after I just lived. I was a bartender, thotting around, you know, doing like living life, figuring out myself. Mm-hmm. Went back to college, and it wasn't until I studied abroad in Singapore. Right. I was in Asia for six months. And that is where I realized, like, fuck the bullshit. Like, the rest of the world sees me as black. They stared at me. It made me uncomfortable and made me want nothing more than to come back over here and go to HBCU, maybe for, like, my master's, which now I'm probably not going for because of everything going on in my life. But it was at that point where I was like, okay, I only want to be around black people. So do you feel like... That's interesting. So you, because th- there was something I just, I posted it and some people got at me on Instagram where Jordan Woods said that like the first time she realized that she was actually a black woman um, in America is when all of this stuff started to happen. Now listen, I, 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 it's, I'm, it's not the same thing. It's not no, one it's to not. One. And I feel like even I jumped out to make fun of her before really sort of... Uh, breaking down what it is that she said, right? What she, her privilege... What her she privilege was, is different. She said what she was trying to say was that her privilege, she felt like sort of insulated her from the experiences of typical black people. Right. Um, and so now she understands how much hate, how much black women have to have to deal with. Do you feel like a similar thing? Like, why would why would it take you going to an Asian country to realize how much you want to be so around black I'll people? I'll say there's, there's two experiences where... I realized that fuck me being half white, that I'm black. Like the experiences that I've had in the workplace with my hair uh-huh. um, and me not being able to speak to my mom about it. Like yeah. her not realizing I'm like, mom, I want to get braids, but I don't even think I can have braids. I work in corporate America in accounting. Right. So it's very, and before that I was working at an investment bank. So very conservative. So with having the issue of how I'm supposed to wear my hair as a black woman. And then also most recently I was in London, got pulled over and we were riding in the car with two black guys and they pulled us over for nothing. I'm sure maybe his t- his tag was, you know, yeah. linked to something. But literally none of us were drinking, smoking. They were drop picked us up from dinner to drop us off at the club and they made all of us get out of the car. Said we all it smelled like weed and mm-hmm. they took our passports. I literally felt like, okay, this is the place and I experienced like an experience of PTSD because he was getting slick with the cop. Now, I don't know how cops operate in London. Apparently, they don't have guns the same way they do here. But I was scared. I cried, and I told him, like, stop talking to him that way. Like, I literally felt at any given moment, we're black, they're going to shoot us all. And so that was, like, my first time even even experiencing, like, okay, I can face this as a black woman. I'm... I fear for my black men mm-hmm. and being in that incident, I realized the PTSD that it's caused from seeing all of the shootings here. And I hadn't experienced it before. I don't put myself in those situations here with that, but just being pulled over, being taken out, let them, them telling us they searched the car. Three people searched the car. If, if they would have found a blunt, I would have probably still been locked up overseas. Shout out to Alex. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, like I, I definitely feel, feel that way so it wasn't only asia like i felt it myself but of course just balancing and then of course being someone who identifies as a black woman we've had that issue with the podcast wheezy and i both identify as black women and say we're speaking for the black community and black women have dm'd us and is like well don't you guys think that you're privileged to the men that talk to you guys because you're light-skinned or you guys don't have enough dark-skinned women on the show. So then it brings up the colorism aspect. Even though what, do you we th- ha- what do you think about that? <sighs> so, and I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here because I've talked don't about this. I know. Yeah. So I have similar experiences. Can I sit here and speak on what dark-skinned women feel 
as it pertains to dating, as it pertains to their self-confidence and their self-esteem and what they feel growing up, no. Because I know that that dates back to the Barbie doll thing, how they feel with their hair, the perming of hair, you know, just... No, I can't relate to that. However, as someone who likes to say, I'm speaking for our community, I hate that our community tears each other apart the same way that white people and Latinas and all of these people do with with calling us who we are. Like, I don't know. I have a problem that we do to ourselves what we don't want other races to do to us. Yeah. And so that bothers me. Right. So here's the thing about that. Colorism exists all over the world. Oh, yeah. In, in every, Asia, it, fucking right. everything was whitening right. in, cream. In, in, in every single society all over the world, right. uh, the darker people are going to have it tougher. I think it's important, no matter what privilege you have, mm-hmm. to access the privilege, um, excuse me, to address the privilege. Okay. And make sure that the, the, that the privilege is, 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 is sort of discussed. Because me, as a man, sitting here talking to you as a woman yes wanting to be representative of you yes wanting to have a, share a oneness with you right as a sister once again i don't fuck with that biracial shit <laughs> like like as, right, as right, a right. sister there are things about being a man that are just easier for me than they are for you oh yeah like you can sell drugs easier as much as we as much as we can have a discussion about we're black we're the same right we both experience the same amount of of discrimination and oppression we don't Right. I have a, I have it a little bit, and you're in, sometimes a little bit, but in the case of men and women, a lot a bit easier than what my sisters do. 100%. So I have to lean into that. So 100%. when we talk about that, I can't get annoyed. Right. I have to be like, yeah. And the reality is that, and I know this because I was raised by a beautiful, dark-skinned black woman who used to tell me that her grandfather, her grandfather used to look at her and be like, yo, you, you, you cold and you black. Her granddad oh, wow. used to say that to her. You feel what I'm saying? And so I, it's and generational. I, and, and, and I, I so, get that. And so I get like, that. And, and a, a, a loving man who she loved, by the way, right? But it was so deeply entrenched in South Louisiana. My mother is beautiful. It, she, it's so deeply entrenched in South Louisiana that you have to understand the pain and the hurt that's going on. So can I ask you? And you want to be a part of... Mm like evolving that and helping that and lifting up and, 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 and leaning into what your sisters are talking did about. Did you have a relationship with this grandfather who did this? Nah, or did he, no? was, he was gone. Was that something that was passed down um, to black men? So I, I, I asked this because if this is, even though she loved him, this was the response that she received. I wonder if that is something that's passed down to why I am having the difficulty understanding why black men are showing this dislike or want for, you know, ambiguous women or or, or exotic women, but not to their black woman. When a lot of you have these strong black mothers, uh-huh. I don't understand if that's something from maybe the black male that's sent down to have distaste for the black woman. Wait, there's no I, I, it, good question. I, first of all, I don't think there's a gender that exists with colorism um, because I think like me growing up, uh, some friends that I had, they were dudes that were light skinned and cur- with curly hair, and that was all the rage. I, I think things have okay. changed now. That was like things Eldebarge have, back then. Right. I think, <laughs> that was yeah, them I'm right. 39, so things have okay. changed now, but they, that was all the rage. So I don't think that there was any one side that leaned into that more than the other. What I will say is that we're all traumatized by the same images, right? There's a European standard of beauty. There's there a is. European there standard is. of everything there is. that we've looked at as aspirational here. 
uh, in America since we've been here, especially since the beauty and the, the majesty of our culture was subtracted and cut off from us, right? And since yes. we don't have that, they gave us something else to worship. And we got to stop worshiping that That's shit. That's what that is. And so, okay, and, and I can we, do that. And, and just like it was the same way, I say this all the time on the podcast, just like it was purposefully done, it has to be purposefully, purposefully undone. undone. So Agreed. when your sisters are, are, are saying that, I know it's a little because I'm gonna get I mean, we're gonna get to some shit that y'all say that annoys me. Oh, but shit. like, but when your sisters are saying that to you, I know it could be a little bit annoying because you're like, "Yo, I'm trying to rep for you," but when when somebody's hurt, when they when they, that that comes out that comes from pain, and they really just right. want you to say more than anything is, "I love you," and I'm here with you. That's all they really want. Black women say that to black men all the time, right? And we do nothing but ride for black men. So right. it's just. It, but it's, black, now it's time for black men to say that to other 100%. black men. 100%. Not for black men oh, to say. Oh, to say it to other black men, 100%. To say, no, no. Yeah. To say, take care of your sisters or else you can't be a part of this thing. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So me and you have something in common. Yes, we do. Man, we used to be fat, this bitch. <laughs> Woo. No, big no. Bones. We were. No, and I, you know, I tell people I still got big bones. Because even though I, I lost got the big weight, bones too. They be like, oh, you getting abs. And I'm like, nah, that's my ribs. They just, they just big. <laughs> right. So they poke out. Um, but yeah, like, and and it's something that I appreciate that you've shared your story with on, on your platform. And I know you've received different things. And this was even something I wanted to have on my podcast. So Horrible Decisions clearly sucks podcast, if you guys didn't guess. And I'm sure you guys have heard Weezy on here um, speak on it. Um, but wanting just to talk about how not it only affected, like, ourselves our self-esteem but also in the bedroom uh -huh. um was a conversation that i wanted to have with you but yeah we did used to be fat you i think you lost way more weight than i did but i lost i was at my height about 365 pounds. i can't even believe that looking uh, at you dog, it was, like seeing that yeah. photo of you it's just like wow it's wow it's why wow. it was a while for me too hey, but how tall are you i'm about six four so you're six four you said three th 65 365 yeah almost 400 pounds it was getting there. that's like my what's the my big life or whatever when man, they just fuck out of here no you like you was like one of them obese <laughs> niggas they had to cut the fucking you you weren't just big <laughs> no, that's you ever seen the motherfuckers that have to come and get the crane for and pick them out of here? yeah i was a big like guy you had two queen mattresses you slept on <laughs> yo it was it was it shit no, was different man yeah it was. and so and in perspective well in retrospect i am five foot one uh -huh. and i was 230 shit. at my highest no shit oh, saquon barkley don't do that. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Fuck you. Um, no, and oh so and yeah, and I'm about eighty pounds down from there. I'm about one fifty five. Hey, give it so. up, Mandy, everybody. Thank you. Um, and so I guess I and not to run the the go, but I'm sure you've shared this a little bit. What was your take on? I guess before we even talk about how you lost it, I hear the jokes between you and Charlemagne. Mm -hmm. I think you had a different response with the people around you that maybe urged you or pushed you to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. What was the people's tactic around you um, with their response to your weight? Um, you talking about like my friend group? Yeah, because Charlemagne was like, called you fat fuck all the goddamn time. But I was in fact then. He never knew me fat. He didn't know you fat. No, Charlemagne just Charlemagne calls me fat in the past. In the past, like what? Charlemagne calls me fat. Like, like no, Char Charlemagne's fat. Uh, Charlemagne's criticisms of me are all of like he'll be like I'll be I'll, I'll tell Charlemagne I'll be like my nigga I'm not fat no more like you know what I'm saying like we like I'm I'm I, I'm still getting to my fit level but everything that he talks about is in the past. What was the response? So then? my boys back in the day took sort of a uh, <laughs> of a different approach, and I, I, this is. They knew that I am at my core a sensitive person. Okay. I'm a very sensitive guy. I'm a very um, uh, 
thoughtful dude and I can easily become melancholy and I can easily shut myself off. Okay. And they wanted me around. Like my guys, like I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Like my guys, oh. my guys love me. Right. Like my group of friends at home, they love me. They supported me and they were uh they shielded me because my niggas are fly. If you look at like you look at my guys, these were the fly guys in Baton Rouge. Right. These were the these were the dudes to be around, right? And so, but what they would do is they would do like they would do small things. It was never, ever, ever. Oh, they never put me down. I had okay. A, I have always I like had a that. great support system. I like that. But they would say stuff like like I was I had a I had different meals for everywhere that I would go. So when I would go to Bennigan's, <laughs> I would get like the big Bennigan's chicken strips. Okay. They're huge. And then the lady at Bennigan's one time I remember she was like, okay, so now you can get you can get two sides. And um and she ran off all the sides and I said, Okay, I'm gonna have the fries and then I'm gonna have the loaded baked potato. I remember this woman was just all carbs. The, the woman she said, she says, Okay, just to let you know, on the baked potato, it's uh cheese, sour cream, chives, and bacon. Bacon. And the fries are a sharing portion. You want <laughs> both of them. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, and a molten chocolate cake. Wrap my shit up. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And so what my boys would say is, like, I was living with my homeboy, Ian. Shout out to Ian. And I would come home and I would lift that up. And Ian would be like, Ian would look at it. He'd be like, it's a lot of food, man. <laughs> and I'm like, never, never like, like, it's like, yo, man. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. Or my boy Gino, who would be like, I would be like, yo, give me a number four supersize. And he was like, maybe one time try like not supersize. <laughs> okay. Just get cute. the regular, you know what I'm right, saying? And they right, right. And they would, they would do shit like that. But I was never made to feel bad about my way. Not okay. by them. By people outside all the time, but never by them. Okay. I like that. I like that. I guess with me. About you. Yeah. How, like how, how was so it? So it's weird because with me posting photos now of what I look like, yeah. all of my friends are like, bitch, you wasn't that big. Yeah. Like, when were you this big? Right. But it's also because I, even with my weight, I was still the life of the party. I was mm -hmm. still bagging niggas. And unfortunately, <laughs> I will say, that's that's kind of, it was kind of a false confidence in myself. Um, it didn't matter how much weight I started to gain. I felt like as, as long as I'm bagging niggas, like, mm -hmm. I still look good, right? right. Um, and it wasn't until, I mean, there became an insecurity within myself where my friends didn't see it, but when I went shopping, I live in New York. Right. Um, it's winter. I can't fit boots because they don't go up my calves. Wow. I don't fit jeans. I can't find jeans that my size. So it's fucking 25 degrees outside and I'm in leggings because it stretches and that's what fits. Yeah. Um, so it became, that's where my insecurity was, but I never showed my insecurity to anyone else. Um, and there were just things that would be said that, I guess men would think would reassure my confidence, uh -huh. but in the back end it would it wouldn't. So, you look good for a big girl though. Yeah. Or like at one point, like they was like, "Damn, you like a Jill Scott," right. and I was yeah, like, "Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. am yeah. I really like you know, in my like, mind in the mirror? I didn't feel I look like a Jill Scott, but yeah. here I am. You're like, damn, you find like Jill Scott, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I remember then, what, for me that used to be like they would look at the rest of my homeboys and be like, "Oh yeah, this was sexy ass niggas," and then y'all got a big teddy <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I'm sexy too. <laughs> but see, and, and I guess yeah. that was different for men. And then at, at for a long time, towards the end, before I decided, okay, it's time to lose weight, I started feeling fetishized. 
So even though I was still getting the quote unquote blue checks in my DM or whatever, and niggas like of that caliber still approaching me, it was more so them approaching me to see if they could handle me. And they would say things like this. They was like, man, I ain't never had nobody your size. I just want to see like what it's like. Like I started feeling like a a test drive or a sampler or like it was also something where I knew like, it wasn't on some they want to talk to me. They just kind of want to see if their dick is big enough to fit all in my crevices and shit. I don't know what the they crevices. wanted. That's they what I felt like. You know, I mean, I don't know what they was. They, I guess they wanted to see what it felt like to get behind me. I because You know, yeah, yeah. and so at that point, I it was just like, I'm literally being viewed at as just someone to have fun with, mm-hmm. someone to try, someone to test out. And I think that that actually, in turn, on top of just the shopping, started being like, all right, something, some, something's got to change. Outside of any of those external forces, how did you feel about yourself when you looked in the mirror? I will say there was a false sense of confidence. Mm. And anyone who even sees my throwbacks, they're like, girl, but you had confidence then and now. Mm. And it was. It was a, like, even going through my old phone, there was a, selfies. I wasn't taking pictures of my body. I was wearing all black to cover. I was yeah. wearing the slimming color, colors. I wasn't wearing stripes. I wasn't wearing patterns. And... When I went out, I smiled and I was like, I'm the life of the party. I'm yeah. here. I'm a bad bitch. And inside, I was just like, not looking like, you know, the people that I was around or yeah. especially being in, in the industry. I was the big girl. I got in because of who I know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, right. like, damn, like, you know. So it was just, luckily, my personality shined, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of um, obese people, I don't want to say fat, but people of larger stature, they hide behind personalities a lot. So if you see a lot of bigger people, they're the comedians of the group. Mm-hmm. They're the funny people. They're they're the people that people genuinely like to be around, but I think that we hide behind our, you yeah. know, our, our huge personalities. Mm-hmm. You know what happened with me was that, like, two things happened. Number one, like, I spent so much, first of all, I was a little different in that Everything about my life changed. Like once I really started to realize, and there were a couple of different situations where I started to realize that I was really, really, really big, right? Like, like seriously big. Like yeah. there were a couple of different situations where I started to realize that I was apart from everyone else. Now, once these things happened, there was an a palpable sense of shame that was in my life. Like right. I was ashamed of myself, right? And I was ashamed of sort of just I felt bad. So. There was a point in my life where I showered in the dark. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I didn't turn the lights on in the shower. Um, because you didn't want to see yourself. Didn't want to see myself. Naked. Wow. Like, like, I, like, I showered in the dark. Like, I never put myself in any social situation alone. The closest that I feel with my guys is because I had to have them. Like, okay. like, I, like I had to have them. And, others, and then there was a point, um, I think around 24, where I just completely completely started shutting myself off like, in terms of socially totally like i would come around right like, my my close friends and i would sometimes i would throw parties at my crib just to make everybody come because there's a big party at your crib you pay for everything everybody's <laughs> everyone's gonna, gonna show up everyone's gonna show up yes blah, 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 blah. but i started just staying in my room playing madden and then i would jump on the internet and feed my brain and i would look into i would like people would people always ask even now van how are you so well versed in in, 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 in so many different things and it's because i spent so much time with myself Mm. but that was a blessing though the reason why that was a blessing is because every sort of insecurity that i could have possibly had i had to face it 
I had to go work it out. Right. But it was it was for a lot of other people, and I say this all the time. If you're a bigger person, and like you don't owe society a thin body. You don't. You, you don't. Like you, you, you don't. You, you like you don't have to. You don't have to lose weight or or conform to anything. Be anything for anybody other than yourself. So for all of the big people that I knew that had tons of confidence, that got tons of ladies that were at all of the places that really felt good about themselves and were also active and did different things, I was envious of them because I could never be that. But were they, and, and I guess you'll probably never know. Some of know. them were. Yeah, and, and they were confident with where they were because that's the thing. And I, and I shouted out for the BBWs, the uh-huh. thick girls, like I, like, and I, Almost in a sense, even with you saying this, that we don't owe society anything, a part of me, and someone asked me this in my comments earlier, a part of me does feel guilty, and I want to know if you feel the same, um, with you being a, a big guy at that time and, you know, being a representative of, you know, the teddy bears yeah. and me feeling like I was a representative of the BBWs and the bigger women, like, I kind of do even sometimes now feel a guilt that I can't really speak for them anymore. Um, I'm all. I'll, I'll, I'll be. I'll be fat till I'm dead. You'll be. Oh, so you still feel? I'm out. Like I am. This is like what I. What I'm doing right now, is every single day I'm making a decision, to prioritize, in a very aggressive way, um, my health and yes. my image. And yes. the reason why I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. Number one, one reason I'm doing it is because. I had high blood pressure and I was going down the same road mm-hmm. that the rest of my family was going down and I have to be healthy and I have to be mm-hmm. present and be here in order to do some of the things I want to do. And secondly is because I like the, I like the way this, I like the sacrifices, I like the way my life is now. Yes. Yeah, but the reality is that all the people that I talk to, I feel a kinship with them. I feel a kinship with them because there's only, a, there's a small group, actually there's a large group of people that know what it's like to fight against their genetics. Yes. And Which I feel like I, my mom has thyroid issues. She's now added another 50 pounds. She goes up and down with her weight. So I know right. weight is a big thing. Uh, my family also has diabetes. Um, it, that's very prevalent in my in my family. And then there was a huge issue, not only with thyroids in my family, but I had um, a s- snoring completely issue. Yeah. And I got told by the doctor, like, you have, like, that was even a part of me being allowed to have my surgery. Yeah. Uh, outside of my BMI, um, I was stopping breathing while I was sleeping because yeah. of my weight, yeah. um, which a lot of people don't realize. And then it does also, and and not to bring it back here, but it affects your sex life. No, which, not to bring it back here. Yeah, that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what I you, know, what you know, I about. I do, I do, yeah. What, is your sex life different? Ah, it's good now. <laughs> but it, it wasn't good before when you were... Um, it was, but again, I feel like, again, that was like that self-confidence thing right. to where as long as I felt like niggas still wanted to fuck, yeah. oh, I'm still a bad bitch. Right. And it's just like... It, it really took a lot to where I had to want to lose the weight for myself. Yeah. I wanted to have to do it for reasons that only I would make myself happy. Right. So, like, I have guys now, which it's fucking awful, and they be like, don't lose all that ass. Right. I liked you when you were bigger. Yeah. Oh, dang, don't get too skinny on me. And so even to feel the shame as a bigger woman and mm. to be called fluffy and to be called all these, you know, Mm-hmm. Bigger girl names and chunky and mm-hmm. all, all that stuff to still feel the same as I'm losing weight. It's just like, okay, you can never please anybody. Yeah. So for anybody even going on the journey to change themselves physically, it has to be for you. Yeah. Like well, it, has, it, it yeah, has to be. Yeah. I mean, and it, what you're going to learn, like what people will learn is that uh, if it wasn't for you in the beginning, it will be for you in the beginning and uh, in the middle and at the end because you're going to find out so much about yourself mm-hmm. while you're doing this. 
um, that it's going to change your perception of who you are and what you can accomplish. For I sure. think that when I lost the the when I when I first lost weight and I came back home to Louisiana, like no matter anything else that I've accomplished, that's that was the, the biggest, biggest accomplishment, accomplishment to them because they thought that I would always be one way yes they thought that i would always be one way and then through sheer will and determination i showed them that i could be any way that i want to be and so now those same people don't think that anything is impossible for me right they don't think that anything that anything that if i, if I say and so as i've accomplished things they go oh that makes sense as I've as I've sacrificed for other things in my life, as my career has gone upward, as I've accomplished um, smaller things that we always said they would, they go, oh, that makes sense, and they go, that makes sense because Van left here in uh, Van in January said he was going to lose weight. He was three hundred and fifty pounds because I had lost like fifteen pounds when I came to LA, and then he came back home. At two thirty five, he, he looked a like a different person. person. He was a whole new person. Whole That's how I feel. Person. I feel like a whole new person. Yeah. Do you get so this is the response from people that know you. So as a bigger you and now like, you know, eye candy um to people, yeah. what is the difference in, I guess, dating as a big guy and dating as I don't want to call you a normal size guy, but for six four to me, yeah. you look, you know, yeah. Fairly, well, I mean, what's the as far as there? that as far as that was concerned, like obviously when it first happened you start to notice things. I'll give you a perfect example. Perfect example. <laughs> Share a story. Story Share time. A story. story time. I had, back in the day, a Yahoo Personals profile. Wait, and what is what is that? Is that like a Tinder today? Yeah, it was a Yahoo, Yahoo Personals. Yahoo Personals? Yeah, this was like 2006 or something like that. Oh, and did I, you know about this? Yahoo, know about Yahoo Personals. It was I a Yahoo Personals this. profile. It was a Yahoo Personals. <laughs> and I remember... Huh? Aim? Like aim? It was like a fucking Yahoo. It was like fucking a, like a dating profile. Like, like Mi Gente? Yeah, like was, Black Planet? Exactly. Okay, I'm, I, I'm yeah, a little younger. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, right. Y'all a little younger. So I had <laughs> Yahoo Personals profile. And this is true. I put my picture up on the Yahoo Personals profile, right? At, when I was fat. When I was bigger. <laughs> I put the personal picture up there. And it was getting no love to the point that I stopped checking it. <laughs> It was getting no love to the point that I actually stopped going on there to see who was who was going there. I remember, so I started updating pictures everywhere, right? Because yeah. I had it was a weird point in my life. I was living out here in LA, and I didn't have uh, very many friends here in LA. A lot of the friends that I had were people that I was communicating in New York with my brother was practicing law and back in Baton Rouge. Okay, so these people didn't see me every day. So even as I was telling these people that, yo. I'm down 30 pounds, man. I'm down 40 pounds. I'm down 50 pounds. Like they couldn't see it. See they, it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember one specific one specific day, I updated my MySpace. Oh my God. I updated my MySpace with a new picture. And I got mad fucking uh, emails from all these people like, shit, man. <laughs> and then shout out to my brother Jabril. My brother Jabril Jackson says, yo, you should change the picture on that Yahoo shit now and see what happens. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> And I remember Wait, there was a I, different response I, there. I, oh that shit! Funny. We like when I say there was a different response. I wish I could find that picture because I look good in that picture too. <laughs> like, like, like there was a day. It was fucking popping. And so I think from that point on, I started to kind of lean into the fact that yo, I mean, I never thought of myself as it's weird. I never thought of myself as like a ghoul, but I was like, hey, this might be a little bit easier now. I think that's kind of what I took all the way into the rest of everything. It wasn't yeah. really about, and I don't really have a high, I don't care about my aesthetic. Like it, it doesn't, when I'm, 
when I want to, when I think about health and fitness, I think about being the most efficient version of myself. Right. And the most efficient version of myself is not 360 pounds. I, I 100% agree what with about, that. You, did, you, did you start, did you, when you, did you wild out when you lost a bunch of weight? I mean, shit, I'm posting mad pictures and bikinis going and shit now. Like, I'm going, they like, yeah, thirst track queen. And I'm like, listen, like, it's because I'm so, like just so excited. Like, yeah. I, I covered myself two years ago and, right. in one pieces and, and cover-ups and not feeling as confident. I mean, I still always still showed off. It didn't matter to me, but... Not to the extent now, uh -huh. um, I feel like. And, I mean, it's more so progress picks for me. Yeah. But, of course, you men feel like, you know, if anyone posts a picture in a bikini, it's for men and it's for thirst and it's to garner attention. But um, it, it's not. It's No, a lot of it's because I'm proud of, like, what I've done. And I guess to and break you down. you want to show people. I mean, I, I want to show my like show off myself. Like I be in my mirror taking pictures. There's tons of pictures on my phone that are not posted that don't even get sent out. Like it's just damn. I'm looking good right now. And right. I just take pictures. Now, can let me let me ask you a question. Can yes. you post a pic? Can you post a picture? Can you have a picture in your phone that makes you feel as good about yourself as a picture that everyone else sees does? Um. Yeah. Okay. So then, when you post the picture, it is because you want someone to see it. I mean, Instagram and social media and the way like things are set up now, like Instagram is for pictures. You show people for, where you are. It's, it's for pictures, for that pictures you want for, for other, to see. other people to see. Yes. I think we got to be honest about this. Yes, and that's why. Because because I, because it's it's like. So why is it real quick? As a woman, if I post a, a photo and I feel like I look damn good, whether I'm in a bikini, it doesn't matter what I have okay. on, I could be at a beach. Right. Why is it that a woman is looked at as garnering all this attention and wanting clicks and thirst trapping, but a man who may feel the same confidence in him wearing whatever he has on or him being in the gym, showing off the progress of him in the gym, none of that is deemed the same way. Like Women don't sit here and attack you men for posting because you felt good, you posted a picture of yourself. Yeah. So the fact that men automatically assume that I'm posting this photo for the attention and and things from other men I don't understand mm, like okay. why that's not like okay. we give you that space to do that I, give you, I got an answer as a man go so, ahead the man is posting it for attention the woman is posting it for attention the difference in the perception and the perception is misogyny so that's a simple answer the man that that feels good shout out to all of my homeboys who post these pictures Jesse Williams <laughs> Reggie Bush all of my guys out here they know they look good he fine man. Jesse Williams like, fine. Like, he they, could just post a selfie though he has I'm eyes that, like, the, the, he know, like, they know they look good okay. so they post these pictures and it's for people because they, yo I look good here there's nothing wrong with it the difference in the perception of it is because women in this society for whatever reason um, are, are supposed to be in this emotional and physical little lockbox by men and anytime they try to open the box men try to put them back in it oh 100% but that's that's why even with, with what we talk about as but don't as, act like you you want people to see it but I it's mean I'm unfair. posting it so I know that people are going right. to see it but to sit here and assume that that women do things for the attention or for everybody to, or to be desired everybody no, does no but the way that it's put on women like me and me and my homegirl Stacy were just having the conversation about us getting our hair done our nails done the eyelashes the the eyebrows the toes like everything and while men may assume that oh my god y'all do all this upkeep we don't even pay attention a lot of us literally do things for ourselves sure. the same way you and I went through the weight loss journey. It wasn't even for the attention. Oh my God, people are going to see I lost this much weight. Can't wait to get all the attention. Right. No, it's genuinely like people like, and I don't think that men allow women 
to, to really do things for themselves. If I fuck you, it's because I want to come and I hope mm-hmm. that you can make me because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten you're not. But Damn. there are there are things nine that women ten. do for yeah. themselves. Sure. No, listen. So a couple of weeks ago, I posted a picture Uh-oh. of myself oh. when I was uh, I was like I just got a haircut. Okay. And so <laughs> and so I looked at it, I was like yo in this particular moment right now I can fuck with anyone I'm handsome. <laughs> <laughs> and like in and like, and, and, and this particular moment. Just this moment. And, Just and, with the edge up. Yo, Got you. I okay. Said, and I even said it in the caption. I was like, yo, this is 12-hour period, like right after you get Just a haircut. 12 hours. And like you feel like you can fuck with anybody. And I was like, yo, Trey Songs, Michael B. Jordan, any of these guys, like I'm on. And I posted the picture. And it was because the reason why I posted it is because like I wanted people to see how handsome I looked in that moment. Fuck this. Why would I d- deny everyone the, the beauty, the, of, the beauty of, what, of what my mother and father made? Right. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I also think that if we're going to use social media in a healthy way, mm. that we shouldn't. Like, there are times to where both for men and women, right? I look at pictures and I see somebody has posted a picture and I right. see like a paragraph of inspirational quote. Okay, don't do to, that because I do that shit. I, think to I myself, post a thirst trap I think and to then myself, my caption got to be real yo, hit. I think to myself, man, <laughs> post the ass and get out of here. No, calm down. Like, no, like, you know no, 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 no. Come on. First I'm like, off, I'm like, like and even, no, even with these guys, look, like, like even with it. these guys, right, that's lifting weights. I did this, Um, I, I told Reggie this. Reggie was lifting weights and going, yo, I'm finally back in the gym. Finally, my ass, nigga. You've looked the <laughs> you same did, way since you was 18, <laughs> and you, you just better than us. Don't just just say, "Yo, my shit is popping," and get out of here. You know, like it, that's that's the only part to me. I, the pictures don't matter. The only part to me is there was such a long time that I couldn't deal with it's the so outside funny. looking. I feel uh, blah, I feel blah, blah, like blah, he's blah, reading blah. me right now. It's not you. I, oh, well, nigga, I do everybody. that. I post like I'll have a bikini picture, and I'm like. You know what? Let me put an inspirational quote about how, how confident <laughs> I am and how high my self-esteem is and how everyone should just love themselves no matter what they look Which like. Which is true. Just, like, it, it is. But I feel like those specifically go under my thirst trap so they don't feel like I'm trapping. Right. You, but- <laughs> I'm like, I don't put the Bible verses. I think that's going overboard. Like, bitches will have their whole pussy hanging out and then put Psalms 213. Jesus wept. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's, it's like, 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 no. like, it's like re- relax. Don't do but that. at the same time, is I, I operate by one rule as far as social media is concerned. Yes, it's your gram. Do what you Facts, want. Facts, I sure do. It's your. Gram, I be blocking block city. What, you block people. I do. So I this like is, the smoke. This is the, so. This is the thing where where you talked about um, even just mental health, social media, separating the two. The the fact of the matter is, motherfuckers are unhealthy. Right. Not only physically, but mentally. And social media, whether it's here or not, that's not going to change. Sure. Um, and so I think outside of seeking therapy, which is something that has completely changed with my mindset over the last year, um, outside of seeking that and genuinely finding yourself, mm-hmm. which can only be done in instances where you are by yourself, right. um, I feel like eliminating a lot of just bullshit uh-huh. so I block people who say negative things in my comments uh-huh. I delete comments um, it's just things that I don't want out there in the universe and I don't want to uh-huh. have to overread uh-huh. so it's also something where you can control what you're seeing what you're responding to and it's literally not feeding into it Yeah. Um, yeah. and so that's just kind of how I look at that I mean there, I, I guess I do that too I, I think there's more so there's more so things that I don't post because they're Parts of my life that I don't want to open up to scrutiny from people. And I'm so, an open book now. I done I, talked about my abortions. I done talked about having a threesome with two men, which right. is a completely looked down upon. I done talked. That's talk, looked down upon. 
absolutely. A male male female threesome, yes. You know like, what? It's not everyone a, views a threesome as two women, and as soon as you bring in another male, now it's a train. Then there's that conversation. Then it's well, dang, are both of them straight? Because oh my god, well, two naked guys this together. Say, this is what I'll say. Like I've uh, like I've done. I guess the train thing. See, here is, we go. Look at your face. You look excited. Well, like well, 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 you about to try to chew me up. And no, no. no, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm saying right. like the, like the there there are things that I've done in my past that are. I guess you, adjacent to that. You did a threesome with, with another man. Nah, I did. We did. We did this one thing like at, at the Bayou Classic back in the day, uh, where it was like one girl and then one guy went and then another that's guy a went train. and then another guy went. That's a train. That's a, that's a train. A thr- Looking uh, back on that, that's a train. That's fucking wild, and I can't believe that, that we did that. That is very wild. But but um, but it, I it, haven't done that. It, it happened. <laughs> but <laughs> but what, what I will say is that like a male male a male. I think the only criticism I would have of a male male female threesome is that it's not appealing to me okay and, and so and and even with with my podcast and what we get on get into is not everything is for everyone Very true. Um, and we like to focus on kinks yeah um and so the things that i'm into maybe my partner may not be into and even just in, in any space tying back to mental health tying back to self-love tying back to self-esteem like communication with whoever you bring into your life is important and so like right now at the age i am i'm not even having sex unless i know i'm on the same page sexually with somebody right Um, what does that mean as in i'm i like to call it like vetting vetting so before i have sex with someone and some women may feel uncomfortable with doing this. I'm having the sex conversation before we have sex. Right. Whether we're on our first date, whether we're texting before our first date, whether like before you're in bed with me, before I get in bed with you, I'm having the conversation of what I should expect you to be as mm-hmm. a partner in bed. Right. Like, do you like going rounds? Do you give head? Um, are you <laughs> someone, you know, yeah. that that will be into kinky shit? Will you spit in my mouth? Do you choke me? Do you talk? Are you verbal? Are you nonverbal? The, so things you like sit that. down at dinner with somebody and, and, and the it. fucking the food mean, comes out <laughs> and then you go, yo, this steak looks amazing. Would you spit in my mouth? <laughs> I mean, like, I really go like, that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, you ease yourself into those conversations. Right. Um, and then I think, of course, texting makes it a lot easier now. Because like, you can just say shit. Because, yeah. So I play like a 21 questions game. So I'll get real nasty. I'd be like, I'm just going to say outlandish things to see where your mind is. Right. And so instead of them responding, I'd be like, to make you feel comfortable, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh-huh. Um, just to know if you would be interested, if you're, if it's a Give me some no of the go. questions. Oh, my God. See, so I start off real vanilla. Uh-huh. So I'm like choking. Okay. Slapping. Um, That's vanilla for you. This is vanilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then it might get into anal. Um, then it might spit in mouth. Uh-huh. And then then I'll start getting kinky, like maybe talking about bondage. Or uh-huh. I'll talk about, okay, anal. And if he says thumbs up, I'd be like, my butt. Uh-huh. And then I'll say, your butt. Wow. And- <laughs> this, is the, this, is, this is the whole. No. Let me tell you something. <laughs> This is what this is what the horrible like the Jellica John. This is what the horrible decisions podcast is really about. No, it's no. about pegging guys. No, it's not. Yes, oh, no. Yes, I, yes, I didn't it, want to bring up pegging yes, at is. all in this. Yes, it is. So because, we are not going to talk about pegging on the rest of the podcast. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Entire, that no, entire we're not. line of questioning was we're just not. to get to a spot <laughs> where you can ask a guy if you can peg him. That well, no, whole thing. I mean, so no, but there's other questions. So I would consider myself, who's someone maybe not interested in non-monogamy. I would be into swinging. So I also. So maybe would go into the ex- exhibitionism or voyeurism right. or would you go to a sex club with me? Um, I love sex clubs. Like, they're fun. Um, would you, you know, have sex with me in front of a group of people? Do you like audiences? Like, there's a ton of questions and there's a right. lot of depth into sex. And th- th- these are ways that you can just kind of figure out and feel out 
what kind of sexual chemistry if, you if have. If we with may someone. even please each other. Like right. I'm big on vocal. I'm also I don't like one and done. I don't like a nigga falling asleep or being tired and telling me that's it after one round. So yeah. I need to know if that's you. Oh well. You can give that to someone else. Yeah. Um. So just <laughs> like just finding out, <laughs> just finding out, like, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Even even with this whole like idea of sexual liberation and and where we are as as a society of what women want, uh-huh. it's making sure like I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I think men enjoy sex a lot more. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna come nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um you know what you're getting into and because you're kind of the director in it all if you want to see ass you bend her over if you want it from the front if you want to kiss and be more intimate like y'all are in control a lot of the time and so it's not really up to us unless we say something right and so that's you know way of saying something yeah that's that's my way of saying something there's one thing i want to ask you about oh shit that was big that that was a big big i even posted it on my page to get some some, uh, oh God! Yeah, I posted on my page to trigger people because sometimes I like to trigger people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it the, did. The, it did it. <laughs> it did. Oh, oh, oh it oh, triggered. It triggered people for a whole not, week. Wait, I wait, stayed wait, off. Wait. I, I had to stay offline. It triggered people not only in those comments. There are ridiculously. I don't want to say ridiculously famous people like I'm talking to. Oh no! People. I saw a Killer but Mike with comment. But, but, but no, like there are <laughs> even people that are more. That you would never think that hit me up in the DMs that were having yeah. So it was a, oh shit. It was a no. I, I had to stay on Twitter for like a week with that. Um, so, so we so we did a salty feature. Shout out to to Salty Magazine. Shout out to Salty. Um, and what Salty does is they 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 they're a lot like our podcast. Um, they they are they talk about all of the LGBTQ right. and they give a space to where we can live in ourselves. We can be ourselves um, sexually. Physically and mentally, and what we think about dating, sex, relationships. Sure. So go ahead, tell them what the fuck you so know caused this. Uproar. Weezy, shout out to Weezy. Uh, <laughs> Amanda and Weezy did this thing to where they talked about the three F's. Yes. Which are finance me, feed me, fuck me. Finance me, feed me, and fuck me. <laughs> look, look at John. John looks distressed. These are the things that, I, that they really want from a guy. Um, not really want, but yeah, like these are the these are the, the, the three the, the basic three, necessities. Three Finance me, feed me, fuck me. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, here we go. So, oh shit. So I wasn't ready. I so. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this and set it up. Yes. If we are to be living in a society, by the way, I have no issue with that. I, just uh-huh. have, I, I don't no issue. Yep. This is my thing. Yep. No issue. Yes. Just questions. Uh, and I'll, right. I'll give my right. my answer. If we are living in a society where gender roles Here we go. and things like this have been destroyed. It has not. It has not, which if, is the problem. Let me ask you a question. If we want to live, let me preface. If we want <laughs> to live in a society where gender roles and things like that are are destroyed how do we have that notion with the same notion of you got to pay my way you got to feed me <sighs> blah 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 blah. So, I, 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 and, yep. just asking yep um so i'll be honest um and i actually i just saw a movie on my way here which was really good if you guys can um check out the movie um the basis of sex yes i've seen it uh a wonderful movie yes um where there were laws put into place um that actually you know differentiated between genders yeah and there was gender discrimination and so for me as someone who preaches of sexual liberation as a woman who's in accounting and you know makes all my money and still does want to hold this power you can't sit here and go against the a double standards of society that will not go anywhere 
doesn't matter how long we're fucking here. Not in our generation will we see double standards go. Furthermore, as long as there is the differentiation between um, pay and equality as it stands in the the work the workforce, which right. is also not going to change. So there are things that a man can do where you will always make more money than me. And as a woman who now is making her own money, I do kind of look down upon not not even caring black, Latina, white. As a man, you're making more than me as a black woman who's at the bottom of the totem pole. Right. So in my mind, I still view that where I'm at, there's no reason why a man should be making less than me. And in the space where I do feel, again, sexually liberated, independently liberated to, to do the things that I do, I still do also believe in the patriarchy system just a little bit. So I believe that men are providers. Men are protectors. That is the role that you guys have played. And that's the role that you guys do want to keep until it comes time to motherfucking break bread. Right. Until it comes time to pay the motherfucking bills. Y'all want to be the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to be looked at as the protector, the providers. Y'all want to be looked at as the kings. But as soon as a woman demands anything from you, then it's, oh, y'all gold diggers. Oh, but y'all want to be equal. Mm -hmm. Y'all only sit here and critique criticize a woman for wanting something and wanting this independence when it benefits you mm -hmm. because in real life y'all still feel like we can't do anything better than a man you guys don't believe that anything you can do i can do better the things that we say as women to uplift women to maybe feel like we will ever be equal to y'all y'all don't let us have so as soon as we want motherfucking ask for, for some bills to be paid or for when we go out that the man pays for the dinner then y'all want to push back in our face equality mm -hmm. and independency which in real life y'all completely undermine any other chance that y'all get mm. so I, I, I can't dispute any of that. This is what I will say. First of all, I'm from the South. I'm, a woman has never paid with a meal. I've never split a meal, even when yes. I was broke, right? Um, it's just like not the way my dad raised uh, Good man. sons. Good man. And I, I think most of my homeboys will probably feel the same. It's not even something that we really talk about. Right. We got to take a girl out and pay. It's not even a big deal. Um, why is it then when a woman says it? Because Cause I, you do it without I, I'll tell, a woman I, saying. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because of there are two things that to me can two things to me that ruin e either way that ruin legitimate uh, connection between people mm, okay. legitimate connection between people the first thing that ruins legitimate connection between people is entitlement and, and like and, and, okay. and, and so and so like okay. it, it, and so if if listen if you go out with the guy and he splits a check with you that's not the guy for you obviously right yes 100% like, like if you go out with the guy if 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 you you have a whole checklist for things that you like Sexually, right? Yes. You go out with the guy. He doesn't do those things. He can't please you. That's not the guy. Correct. Um, uh, to me, if I go out with a woman and I were to pay for her meal. Yes. If I then felt entitled to something physical for her. It's bullshit. And I was, I was th thinking that. Yes. That would be wrong. Yes. So anytime you are with someone, and not just in, this, in a romantic relationship, but in any type of relationship, and you feel in a personal relationship yes. and you feel entitled, you feel entitled, that to me can ruin a legitimate connection that you could have with someone. Okay. And it's just because there should be no, like, it, not should be, you can have your own expectations for what it is that you want, but the, the, I don't have any problem with you guys feeling that way and I actually think that there's a lot of merit to what you just said. I was about to say, do you, do you hold standards and entitlement Synonymously, it a, a standard is something that you 
maybe that's actually a good question. I think I think uh, if you if you have a if if you have a standard that a man has to be financially viable to be able to see you. Yes. I don't have no problem with that. Okay. I don't have no problem with that. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. But sometimes, and this might be me, because I as much as I try to be, you know, sort of evolved <laughs> and sort of and you sort do. of fair thinking, you as do. much as I try to be, there's still some deep-seated misogyny that's in there. Right. And you have to kind of try to shake it out. It, it still, for some reason, feels like, damn, going into a situation like that, the entitlement part of it would make me wonder what my function here really is. And if I don't think that things are genuine, right. then I might not be able to have a genuine connection with someone. And, that, and, and that's like, and to me, like, I don't think that there's anything, there would be, if a guy made a video that said, yo, if I take you out and if I do all of this stuff like this, you got to come home and fuck me. I think that there no, would be a lot course. of women that, that the, would have a problem with no, that. No, 100%. But I think that outside of taking, okay, <laughs> if you feed me, then, you know, you owe me pussy. Outside of that conversation, though, I've had conversations with men who have dated women, uh -huh. brought them over or flew them out for the weekend and stuff like that. And even though it was whatever the situation was, they felt a way without saying it that maybe she didn't clean up that maybe she didn't cook, that maybe she didn't do the things that a man expects a woman to do. That's bullshit. Like, why? That, like, my nigga, Like, I wouldn't be mad if a man hey, said that. The same way I don't hey, think men like, should be hey, mad hey, that hey, I feel guess, like a man hey, should be a guess provider. What, guess what, my, my G, you're an adult. Okay. If you, if you okay. want to clean your fucking, if, 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 if you want it, like, like, bro, my brothers, you're an adult. If you're hungry, feed yourself. Facts. If you want cleanliness, Clean your nasty ass apartment or hotel room up. Sure. It would like if you if you want if if you meet a queen, if you are lucky enough to meet a queen for some reason that wants to take care of you, right? Fantastic. But she doesn't have to. No. And uh, that, and, and, and if she doesn't want to, that doesn't mean that she's not a queen. You're right. Like so 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 the problem is that that part of the entitlement to me. When I look at gender roles and what they do, the wage gap argument I feel like is very, very, very real. Mm -hmm. It is. I feel like very real. And and the, the way that I was raised by my dad, my dad basically took, like talk, having a conversation with my with my father, and my and I remember my dad told me one time I I wasn't a man. This was like I was maybe like twenty two. He's like, you ain't no man yet. You can't talk to me like this. You can't do this. You ain't no man yet. And I asked him. I said, when will I be a man? And he said, you'll be a man when someone else relies on you. Mm. He said, you'll be a man. See how you rely on me to keep the lights up in here, to pay for your kid, to pay for to pay for your college, right. to pay for this. See how all these people rely on me? I, I have to go out and sacrifice for everybody else. That's when you'll be a man. Interesting. You'll be a man when someone looks to you for this, when you're taking care of people. And not just financially, with your word, with your backbone, okay. with all of that. I feel like because a lot of these guys didn't have fathers to instill those same rules into them. Agreed. That they don't have a, a real a understanding of what manhood actually is. They think it's about their dick and yep. they think it's about a woman being subservient to mm -hmm. them. And so, nah, you're not entitled to have any woman over that. As a matter of fact, uh, like flying some woman out somewhere and, and putting her up in, in, in your apartment, that doesn't earn you that. If she wants to take care of you, it should be because she feels protected by you. Right. But at the same time, how many of these meals are you getting paid for? Who's who's buying them? I want to know. What do you mean? Like the fuck me, feed me finance thing. Is it working for you? Um, Can it work so, for men? So, and that's the thing. And, and this is where I have a problem. I don't know why men act like it's like gender exclusive. 
I know more men being taken care the of by I'm women. Hey, John, we out this bitch. No, that's, that's what I was talking no, I, was I know to... more men being taken care so of by women. Wait, wait, so, so like, I think you bullshit ass niggas. I think you should make, I think y'all should make that clear because this is not something that's exclusive to women. It was two women in the video. We're going to talk about what we want from men. Word. But I will say, like, for the majority of what's going on here, there are a lot of men who are couch surfing, just like these bum bitches that y'all talk about. There's a lot of men that don't have their own pots of piss in. There's a lot of guys, I know that, these guys. That, that shack up with a homeboy and will bring bitches over and act like it's they shit, and it's not. It's they homeboy's shit. Right. Like, there's just also a lot of men that will be like, will want to come over, like, and want you to feed them. Right. I know men, and, and this is even something that I grew up with, like, where I... And I, that's probably me also with what I grew up with seeing like my dad had girlfriends that took care of him, uh, white women, ass. white women. And my mom is a white woman. I saw her take care of black men. Yeah. I won't do it. I right. refuse. Right. Um, and you won't take care of men or you won't take care of black men? Well, I only date black men. Okay. That's I'm, the, not, I'm trying to get you not no. fucked up on the Instagram. <laughs> no, my bad. No, 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 no. I only date black men. That's all I like, know. Like, that's like, all like, I know. Uh, Mandy says she won't take care of a nigger. Like, like, so, uh, oh, so, uh, so, they better not do that. Right, no, don't right, do that. So, no. um, so, like, it's it's funny that again, men with their misogynistic, fucking toxic masculinity, everything that's fucking wrong with with them, like, always want to, you know, talk yeah. talk down on women when they're doing the same thing. So yes, the video caused a fucking uproar. Mind you, if we sat there and said we just want niggas to fuck us, y'all would be <laughs> yes. But because we threw feed me and finance me, and that. It, you know, brings money out of your fucking pockets. Mm. It became a whole. Oh my god, these are gold diggers. Like the, the even the women in your comments though were saying things like, "This is what's wrong." Y'all got women like y'all are embarrassing us. And I'm like, my nigga, I work at a big four accounting firm. Yeah. I make over six figures a year. Like mm. I have my own shit. Right. Like what are you talking about? And so again, even as someone who is financially secure, to sit here and feel like. As, as a woman, what I've done, I can't sit here and want that same success out of a man. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just think broke bitches that want niggas with money think that way. No. Successful women shouldn't have to lower our standards just to get a man either. Can a man date you if he's not making six figures? Right now, I mean, I'll maybe do 80. <laughs> I'll, I'll take 80,000. So, so th th there's factors in that. What if he got kids and there's child support? Like, right. like there's a whole lot of things. But no, I, do I want somebody? And no shade to y'all working at FedEx and Target and all these places. My nigga. I'm just saying. You're going to name direct boy. Wow. I'm just saying. I don't wow. want the people working at warehouses. And I'm sure they make a lot of money. The truck driver's cool. Some of the truck drivers make a lot of yeah, cash. Yeah, they, they do. But I don't want someone with that schedule. So, right. like. I mean, would I talk to somebody? I mean, unfortunately, like, and I've talked about this on the show. I was dating and really liked a felon. His name was Felon Bay on the show. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, like, he was a victim of, you know, someone in the system. He spent eight years in, in prison. And, God damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Calm down. Eight? But eight years, yeah. Man, shout out to Fe Felon. I'm not yeah, trying to run no, a file on that nigga. That nigga I know. a criminal. No, don't say uh, damn. Eight he ain't years? kill nobody. He ain't kill nobody. Hey, man, so, shout out to everybody in the, in the system, though. Sometimes no, but, but it sucks, like, coming but out. eight years is a long time. Like, no, but coming out, seeing, mm -hmm. like, the difficulty in him getting a job. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, yo, like, I want to do better. I don't want to go back to what right, got me locked up. All stacked against this man. Chipotle wouldn't even hire him. Like, and he came, like, we had a deep right. conversation about that. So, I, it is unfortunate. Right. And I know what the black men have to face, like, with, you know, just going out, being pulled over. Because you don't want that things. same guy that. taking chances on the block again. No. Like, like you don't want him to, ch to try to get his chips up. No. And so, it, it sucks, but I'm, 
at, at my age, I'm, I mean, I'm not in high school. I'm not here to build a man up either. And that's a lot. I can't go against the system for you. I mean, I can do what I want. So, of course, he's a trainer. I think that's, I mean, they only have so much options out of prison. Yeah. Um, but, like, so, so that's the thing. I get it. But, yeah, the uproar only came from us mentioning finance and feed because then y'all look at women that want your money as oh my god y'all can't make your own money but y'all went y'all went independency patriot shut the fuck up like as a man as a real man you know when we go the fuck out i'm i'm not even reaching for my wallet we had a whole debate about that with wax and, and andrew schultz when they came onto the show i'm when i go out on a date you think i'm gonna do the fake reach no you know what this is. We on a date. I'm not even fake reaching for my wallet when I'm yeah, out Yeah, I mean, date. that's that, like, yeah. And y'all know, we, we y'all know about what that, that is. We, we talked about that on y'all TNT. Y'all know what that is. What my father told me to do, taught me to do Look, was, what? on a date, when the check comes, <laughs> don't even open the bill up to look at the amount. Oh yeah, because then you look broke. Like just like put my, your my card dad, in. It. Just put your just put your <laughs> card in. And my, my dad would say, my dad would say, because my dad used to wear a cowboy hat. He used oh to be like, God. he's like, just put your card in it and be talking to her while it comes and never break eye contact. That with is her. a boss move. Like now, like never break eye that contact with her. That made my pussy wet. I like, 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 like never, like never break eye contact with her. Keep talking because he he said he said a date and he was telling me this when he had supplied me the money. Talk. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I was I, like I was a, like I was a kid. I was maybe like 17. He was like, he said, listen, something very important. Because I don't want people out here thinking Terry Lathan's son, some kind of little broke nigga. He's like, when they bring the it's like when they bring the bill over, don't open it up and look at it. She's gonna she might she might feel like she gotta help you. Yeah, nah, dude. ain't nobody gotta help like you. That. You a Lathan. Like, take the money, put the money in the thing, make eye contact with her, and then hand the bill to the guy. That way she'll know that whatever y'all get into later on in the night. That you can pay for it, that she's protected, she ain't got to worry about nothing. And these are the like little that. nuggets of wisdom. But at the same time... You you grew up with a dad. Lucky I, you. I had yeah. a father. And so, yeah, I, I will say, uh, unfortunately, yes, a lot of us um, don't get to grow up in two-parent right. households. Does Mandy ever pick up the check? Oh, I pick up the check when I absolutely hate you and I'm ending the date. I'll pay my own fucking portion. So what you're saying Separate is... checks, please... I'll pay my shit and I'm walking out. So, I don't need so to be feeling indebted. Like, I don't need you to even this. tell anyone we went on a date. Let's say, let's say, let's say, <laughs> let's say Mandy comes in. Oh, here we go. And she's day one of the Lakers, which oh is my God. which is probable. Let's say man, like man, like Mandy comes into LA, she's day one of the Lakers. This dude picks you up, like He's a millionaire. I'm he, not paying for pick, shit. Wait, wait, wait. He, wait, wait. He picks you up. Bring up someone he, that works at FedEx. Let's not do no, the Lakers. No, no, no. Okay, let's say he doesn't he doesn't play for the Lakers. He is like a he's a he's a He's a well-to-do accountant type. Okay. But has a nice high-rise century city, okay. whatever. gotcha. So he, he picks you up. He takes you. He's like, uh, Mandy's only going to be in town. Oh, by the way, horrible decisions. This is going to come out after yeah, the it's show fine. Yeah, shout out. it's sold out anyway. But the sold-out live yeah. show on Saturday, it was amazing. It was great. I was hey. there. It was fantastic. Give it up for horrible decisions. Thank you. One of my favorite podcasts in the world. Um, so he picks you up. He <sighs> takes you to fucking... Katana. Uh, no, no, oh, we're not. We haven't ate yet. Oh, he takes bad, you to. He takes you to. He takes you to Fendi. Then he takes oh. you to Saks. He shops for you. Then he takes you to see. He takes you to an art museum. He, he spends money on you all day long. Uh huh. Then y'all go to dinner that night, and the check comes. If he doesn't drop money on Fendi and all that already, now like he taking the so, whole day. So there's no part of you that thinks, yo, he really didn't show it out for me. Maybe I could do something nice. Like what? Not not in that not at that stage. Not not, that not stage. in the beginning. Um, I don't <laughs> mind if I'm <laughs> if I'm dating a guy for a long time and right. maybe he's done that multiple times. 
Right. I'll pick up the cab or the Uber. Pick I'll be up like, a, the Uber. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll take the Uber. The Uber. Look at John is laughing. You'll pick up the Uber. <laughs> so we go eat like so a three hundred dollar meal, and you pay for the twelve dollars to get there from Calm the hotel. Down. This is L.A. Everywhere takes thirty minutes. It's gonna be at least a thirty eight dollar Uber. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick that. I'm gonna pick that up. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I, the car's um, on. I got it. You got. You got. You got the Uber. <laughs> I got the Uber. Damn. I mean, so and so. After, how do you show appreciation? So, how do you show appreciation? To so him? after I've been with someone for a while, and I show appreciation in different ways. Like, um, and it's hard with a guy with money. I will say it's hard to get a guy who gets everything they want themselves finding something that, oh my God. So I'm a listener. So, um, like this guy that I've been having sex with, we don't even really date, but I've been fucking him for like six years. Uh Um, it it was either his, no, I want to say it was around Christmas time and I made sure I didn't give it to him on Christmas. Didn't Uh want it to be Christmas. Yes. I bought him. You know who she's talking about. (laughs) But. I bought him a lighter with his name engraved on it, and it, he's a smoker, so, like, he smoked weed all the goddamn time. Have you seen this lighter since you gave it to him? Once, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did see it. So threw that shit away. I gave him that. No, and it was nigga, cute. That nigga was like, yo, was all of this nice shit, you gave me a lighter? Six um, years for a lighter? No, 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 chill, 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 chill. Um, Like, this other nigga guy that I was fucking back in the day, like... He really likes Skittles. So, bitch, I'll bring him Skittles. <laughs> Yo, you whack, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog. You <laughs> whack. Like, yo. You, uh, every gift you just said, you could buy a 7 Eleven. No, you could get lighters and Skittles. You can't get an engraved lighter you might with be able your to. name on it. And it was sterling. It was a nice ass, like, real lighter. No, but I mean, I've done, like, so I would bring someone on, on a vacation with me. Uh-huh. I got to really, really like you. Um,. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I said, like I, I haven't. Unfortunately, and this is probably something that's gonna affect me dating later. The experiences that you have in dating shift what your expectations are, or what you seek, or your standards. And so, when I've had the experiences that I had have had dating, unfortunately, I feel like why would I revert or go backwards from right. what I've already received? You feel dating? like the bar's been set pretty high. It has, unfortunately, unfortunately, right. yeah. Like if a guy, like I was dating a guy for a long time, and we didn't live in the same city. Right. We would text. I was at a club one time, and he's like, I want to see you. Yeah. I was on a flight three hours later. You flew there? Yes. How long was Because he wanted to see. It was from Miami to Houston. Oh, wow. So, and yeah. so, like, the fa- like, so anyone that won't make time for you or someone who says they're busy, like, I've seen guys that if they want to see you, to the depths of what a man will do to see you. Mm-hmm. If someone is interested in you, if someone wants to really show you that they either care about you. I've seen men move mountains before. So when I receive excuses or a man doesn't show those, Mm -hmm. those levels of affection, mind you, I do know that the different, um, you know, levels of, uh, of love and and signs of love. And I get that, but I've seen guys really show me that they wanted me around them. And so 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 that's your standard. Yeah. Like that you gotta, you gotta, yeah. Like you've seen that. So you're I've seen that. So, and it's not even material things. I don't care about bags. I don't care about all that. And I can pay my own bills now. Mm -hmm. It's literally showing me you make time. Let me ask you a question. What about, let's say, let's say Uh that like, I'm scared when you ask questions. No, no. Let's say that like you meet a guy, right? For some reason, you know, you meet him, but he's, he's broke. He ain't got no money. He doesn't have any money yet. But then like you walk into his apartment, right? And you see, amazing paintings everywhere or you see a computer rig where he's coding this and billing he's talking about the creatives and um, billing and building websites i'm saying is what if you see promise what if you because because i tell you what yes there are women everywhere there are of course there are women everywhere of course like uh mckenzie bezos just got just divorced jeff bezos right yes 
Jeff Bezos didn't have $140 billion when she met McKinsey. Of course. Be- he met McKinsey Agreed. Bezos. He was a dude that uh, had been in investment banking, right? He wasn't broke, but at the same time, he had, I think it was investment banking, hedge fund, something like that. He basically said, listen, I'm going to leave this shit, get a bunch of loans, and start a company to sell books online. And then she was like, all right. Yeah. So, like, and then, boom, $140 billion. Later. Is there is there is there ever any, <clears throat> does, is that at all like an aphrodisiac talent or it promise is. or something like that? We just had this conversation as well in the car. Like, when it comes to creatives, I do like someone with driving passion. So, say even I meet someone and I fall completely in love and he works at the post office. Right. I may not be okay with your salary, but if I'm having a conversation with you, I need to know that there's more. Right. I'm, I'm not okay with people staying stagnant. That's the, the benefits at the post office are so dope. Though. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you we off. We can all pay for our own benefits in real life. Like, Shut up. Just go I ahead. mean, <laughs> <laughs> technically. So, like, yes, I, I love a guy with, with drive, with promise. As a creative, I, I would love a guy to be a creative and us be able to have that conversation. Like, me and you, when we talk on the phone, it's like... It, we have different conversations about all, all, every type of things. But I even talk to you all the time when you had Arian Foster on here, and even just the men that you have on this podcast, the conversation that they're able to have, yeah. the intelligence, the intellect, and how deep their conversation goes—that's enough to yeah make my panties wet. Mm. Arian, you hear that? He's married. I already looked. I had to unfollow <laughs> him with his fine ass. Um, but like seeing, seeing the a lot of people with that intellect don't don't want to limit themselves. Right. So they're not going to stay content in a place where they're like this the whole time. As long as you want to see yourself build better, like I want to build an empire with someone. I always say I don't want a husband or a boyfriend. Like I want a partner. I want us to be able to grow on each other. I want want someone to make me better as a person so that I can make them better as a person so that we can push each other. So I'd be okay with that. I'm 28, almost approaching 30. So, I mean, what, unless you're 22? Like... At around the 30 age, I need to see something. You know what's crazy? I need to see like, something. What's crazy is that y'all say I'm 28. Don't do this. Here we go. I know. Y'all some Don't. babies, man. Listen, and I've, I've come y'all, a long way. Y'all some kids. I, and, and I, I, like 28. Like, uh, oh, I don't anyone, live life. Any, I know. But anyone that's 28 right now and feel like you up against the clock, Chill. Which I don't. I don't feel like I'm against the clock, but the life that I've lived and the things that I've seen, like, oh my God. Like I, like I said, I've been working since I was 14. I've lived in Atlanta, Miami. I've been in New York for the last six years. I've traveled the world. I lived in Singapore. I've done all types of things that I'm not proud of. Um, and so, like, I've learned over these things, and I get the whole, like, men mature slower and all that like, like that whole conversation yeah. again the double standards of allowing you guys mm-hmm. to to take a long ass time to grow the fuck to make up mistakes and women don't have that same we don't have that we, we don't we don't we're looked at as gold diggers in our 20s for yeah. trying to figure it out yeah. we're looked at as hoes because we're fucking without being married um and then even from other women we're bashed by our 30s so you don't have a kid so you're not married so now we're looked at as less than or we get the whole oh something got to be wrong with you mm-hmm. so like no as a woman we don't get that we don't get that those times to make mistakes to to be poor to to sit here and explore ourselves sexually and see what we like without feeling all the shame from society, from men, from other women. No, we don't get that. Mm. We don't. We don't We don't get that time even from being young. Like, we have to sit here and go above and beyond, prove ourselves, go to school, make money. But not only go to school and make money now because we're in this new society where equality is a thing, but now we still have to be, be ladylike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no make sure you know how to cook otherwise a man ain't gonna want you if you don't know how to cook right. you can't be like there's just a lot of things that we don't get the privilege of doing that men do mm. um so uh, switching gears real quick mm. personally with yes. you what is the most difficult lesson that you've learned in all of this? Because you've talked about some of the things mm. that you've been. Because I do remember before I knew you, I do remember one thing that happened, where, and I, I, I was always thinking because I Uh-oh. followed you on Instagram, right? Yes. And then I remember one big. It was like a scandal almost. You were overseas. Remember this? You were. And you had. T- <laughs> this is some, girl Dubai, which is again some bullshit. <laughs> So, it's look, all so was it like four years ago, five so, years ago? Yeah, so, so, so four or five years ago. Before everybody was going to Dubai, now that like everyone four traveled. Or five, four or five years girl. ago, uh, Mandy was in Dubai. <laughs> She's and, laughing. And, uh, I Mandy, cannot. Mandy was in Dubai, right? And I guess the thought was that. I was getting shitted on because that's what men <laughs> created the assumption that any woman who traveled overseas, ridiculous. And, yo, and ridiculous. it was like, and it was like, it was like you, posted, it was, you posted pictures here, like you posted with a camel in the in, desert, in, in the desert, and then the comments were like, "Yo, who pissing on you?" Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, and then of course there was a whole page out that if you went to Dubai, this is what you were doing. It was called tag your tag sponsor. your sponsor. Yes, bitch. I, the page was called so and, terrible. So so let me let me sit here and and. Luckily, we are in a space now where as black millennials, everyone is traveling now. So the idea that a woman is traveling only on a man's dollar is not a thing anymore. We all book trips. There's there's group trips now. Like So this is a thing now. Like There's black travel pages, travel noir. You have all of these things where now we know we're not like all poor. We can afford a flight to somewhere. And so what's, what's crazy is at that point, that everyone was tripping was actually. By the way, it wasn't just on Instagram. No, it spilled oh, over to Twitter. Spilled over to Twitter. It was. A, it was a thing. So at that point, and it was. What's What's ironic is that specific trip, I got with my friend Crystal. We actually the same fucking flight deal that everybody else got. It was hundred and seventy seven dollars round trip. It was right. on Christmas. I swear to God. Like, there's no fucking way. Look at John. Nigel. Like, not, like, Nigel. It, it, I swear it, to God. Like, it, it, so I swear to God. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nigel D. Shout out to everyone who Nigel was able. D. Yeah. Yes. He he took the same flight and he bought another one to the Philippines that he got for less than two hundred dollars. So there was a there was a glitch on. I can't even remember the fucking airline now. But there was a glitch and it was to the Philippines. It was to South Africa. Mind you, I went to South Africa as well for four hundred and fifty round trip um, and to Dubai so me and my homegirl I called her I booked her ticket for her before I was like bitch you sleep I just booked both of our round trip tickets to Dubai we're going and yeah so we went I will sit here and say because I'm I'm an honest motherfucking hoe uh-huh. um, the other two times I went I did get flued out but by, <laughs> <laughs> but but it was by a Nigerian who only liked missionary sex so there was nothing kinky wow. going on right um, so you didn't get pissed <laughs> No, there was right. no shakes. There was no pissing. And what's crazy was he didn't live in in Dubai. He did business in Asia and mm-hmm. Guangzhou. He was a businessman, no scammer, like nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and we had been talking for, we ended up dealing, oh my God, for years. My friend knows of him. Um, and so he brought me over with my friends as well to make sure I was comfortable to where it wasn't on no, oh my God, like I'm just going to fuck you the whole time you're here. No. Um, so he brought me over there because that was his layover between Guangzhou and Nigeria. Uh-huh. And he's like, you can come over here. Well, it's nice. What? Shout out to my African brothers. Yes, as my you African know, brothers. Damn. And he looked out. Like, like he not, looked not, out. When I say, when I say, you know, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't mean to group the group Nigerians uh, and don't, Ghanaians. Because and I, I did, I, I did I it on my podcast, and they drug me. I don't mean to do that. But what I'm saying is, it seems like I'm hearing. Yes. 
in a lot of different cities. Yes. That my guys from the continent are really shelling out this cash. So it in depends America. on the country. Interesting. It, it does. Um, okay. So they, which which countries in Africa? Nigeria for sure. Um, they, they, they Senegalese. The you're not going to meet like they're they're not Ivory Coast. They're different. Cameroons, they're cheap, but they will. Like I've talked to men from Cameroon too. But my my, my nigga, there's no way that this is scientific. No, it is. No, seriously. <laughs> so you're no, me, look, you're, there's a difference so, with so African tell, men. So it's you're not telling the whole me, you're telling me that African <laughs> that based upon the country in Africa is how well the dudes will spend yes. on women. Yes. Break yes. it down. Break it down. I'm, I'm not gonna break down because no, you don't have to drag me. Oh, he's saving up for the kill. No, I want to hear. I will say African men are. Not African, Nigerian men are generous, and what's crazy is a lot of the other African men from the other neighboring countries will talk down upon how generous and foolish Nigerian men are because they're very flashy, and yes, they do spend specifically on American women. Like they, it's right. I don't know where it came from. I'm not from Nigeria. I have visited Nigeria, and I like the wealth there is there. It's Insane a very corrupt country. Yes. All over. Yes. So, but you do have the Nigeria's scammers. Nigeria's not any more corrupt than America is. No, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been to a lot of places. Yeah. Um, Nigeria, Nigeria, is Nigeria made me feel different. And I've been I'll, to third world countries. To be honest like, with you, the corruption that goes on in Nigeria couldn't begin to reach the corruption that, that happens goes here. goes on here. So, I will, hey. just know, just know, Yeah. the other neighboring Western African countries I will say no. The, the Nigerian—they're different. Right. So if you hear of someone being with a with a generous African, they're most likely right. most likely. I don't want to generalize, but <laughs> they're Nigerian. <Right. laughs> who, who else is generous? Like rappers, athletes. Oh God! Now, <laughs> um, rappers. No, them niggas be broke in real life. Um, what you? So what do you mean? No, like not broke in real life, but unless they're touring, like the money is different with 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 rappers and it is athletes i will say the older athletes like i don't want to say our generation athletes but like the older athletes that are all like married now and the ones from before them before instagram before you can literally reach out to anyone at the instant they were a lot more generous back in the day how did you get to them before instagram um kind of twitter yeah but and then when it wasn't (laughs) I know, right? And then, and then, and then I guess with Twitter, because like you had to follow the person, you couldn't just DM anyone you wanted to. So you had to be in the circle. So, and I tell anyone, if you're looking to to get back into the hoe scene and you want to sit here and maybe meet athletes or rappers and all that, have hoe friends. So literally your friends will invite you out and they know niggas. So now we're at a table and we meet your changing numbers and then what worked for me was i knew all the hoes i was friends with all the girls so i sold it like whatever city you in i got them uh, like what's up so i became like and she's laughing because she knows so i literally like connected everybody but that's like you have to be friends with girls who know these guys mm. and that's that's kind of how that worked but we're not gonna get into the whole madaming I'm and, not, no, and I oh yeah i don't say shit about being a oh, mad my bad, my bad. I Right, like I'm, not, but I'm not, I'm not. I didn't say anything <laughs> about that. I didn't even know that that was a thing. John is back here freaking out. No, no, like, no, like, no. Is, he's like, nah, yeah, I, nah. He's like, thumbs up. All right. So but yeah. Uh, damn, this didn't hops around. We didn't talked about a goddamn everything. This, this is what I'm happens not, on the red pill. You know, pill. red pill. I don't. Oh, this is what happens on red pill. They I know ask what they was going to oh, One, one last question. All right, one last question. Um, how are you and Weezy these days? What's crazy is it's like I should punch you in your throat. Um, <laughs> That's really what should happen. Um, and what's crazy is, and, and I, I do want to give a backstory. I think you did provide it when she came onto the show. So anyone who's listened to the show, um, 
we had a therapy session shortly after. Maybe after or before she came on here. It was a little bit after. A little bit after. Um, it's something that, you know, we're doing well. We're on tour. I'm seeing um, the most money that I've ever made in my life. Um, what I oh, think sure. a lot of people have to realize is it doesn't matter if you work at a nine to five. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. Um, people have disagreements. You're going to work somewhere. There's people you're not going to get along with. Um, and it's just you finding the maturity to overcome whatever obstacles you have with that person and fixing it. Um, I'll say we're kind of like a married couple with a baby. Um, we have our highs, we have our lows. Um, but I think that's anybody in any industry, in any business. Sometimes you may not like your boss. Sometimes you may not like your coworker. But guess what? You have to get the job done. There is a common goal at stake. So we're doing great. We're planning a fall tour now. Oh, double sweet. double the cities that we just did. Hey. Um, we're in talks with, I mean, television now. Like, things are on the up and up. And I think that we've decided, like, this is something that's be, it's bigger than us now. Right. The the emails the that we get, the, not only the brand, and Shop and you were you were someone who who like let me know that when I was ready to throw it all away because my peace of mind meant more. Um, and it was just seeing the bigger picture of what it is. So the emails, the overpouring um, support that I get from my friends, from our listeners, selling out in all of these countries and seeing how we touch people, it's it's bigger than us. Um, yeah. So we're good. We're That's good. Dope. We're That's good. Dope. So everything's everything's on schedule. That's yes, dope. it is. Hey, listen. Um, the last thing I want to say is, man, I really appreciate what you guys do because I'll tell you why it's important. I'll tell you why it's important. It's important because um, any arena, yes, where there's shame, people are suffering. Yes. So any sing it doesn't matter what we're talking about. If we're talking about uh, weight, if we're talking about gender fluidity if we're talking about uh, sexual situations if people feel shame they're suffering from well you their just shame. tied our whole conversation into shame Smile, that's what I do. so so what we yeah. what we should be doing as or what one part of what we should be doing is eliminating the shame that people feel Agreed. because once we eliminate that they can live their full and most expressive and ultimately their best lives and what you guys do on your podcast is you talk about things that people would feel ashamed to talk about 100% and you you communicate them in a funny and engaging way and it makes people feel better about themselves that's bigger than you that's bigger than her it that's is. bigger than me hey red pill we only got white white, white boy left <laughs> And uh, all you Thank you out there, for having me. Thank you. I hope you. that y'all broke asses have enough money to one day be able to date Mandy. Yo, shut up. Broke. And if you fucking You're work, so annoying. If you work at FedEx, fucking kill yourself. <laughs> That's what Mandy said. Peace, we out. Bye.